interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 79 of the Not A Robot podcast, DC Comics Review Show. As always, I have my amazing co-host here with me, Rob Soundoff. It's a Jimmy E world out there. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Josh, over to you, buddy. Hello, humans. Today on the show... I'm tired of your shit, man. <laughs> Today on the show, we will be covering uh, Detective Comics 1050, Action Comics 1039, Robin number 10, Flash 779, Teen Titans Academy number 11, Task Force Z number 4, and Deathstroke Inc. number 5. Of course, we'll have our little spotlight section before then, mentioning a few titles that we think you should check out, but won't go into great detail about. And of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books of the week, The Biggest Stinker, and to find out which titles may or may not make the dump list. If you'd like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord, as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with all that out of the way, let's get into some news. Guys, what's, uh, what's new with you personally? What's new in the comic world? What's going on? I uh, actually think first we, we should address uh, last week, how that we had some technical difficulties. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't have an episode out for last week, but that's out of our control. Things happen, and you know, at least we're here. <laughs> yeah, we're here this week. So that sorry, was, folks. That, that, that was my bad. Like I said, shit happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, technical difficulties are beyond our control sometimes. <laughs> All right. Well. Um... Personal news, not really a whole bunch. And I had some articles that I had been reading earlier, and I'll be damned if I can remember any of them. But two that I still have open are just rumors. But uh, one says that James Gunn is uh, potentially getting his uh, getting another spinoff um, from his Suicide Squad series, but he's not saying who it is. Oh, I'm hoping for King Shark. I know the the guy doesn't talk, but that guy was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you could just have him kind of running around, getting into stuff, <laughs> chasing butterflies and birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that'll carry a whole season, bro. <laughs> I didn't think <laughs> Peacemaker could carry a whole season, but I've loved <laughs> the first episode so far. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've seen them all. Uh, I think one might have just came out. I can't remember what day it comes out on. But um, at most, I'm one episode behind, and and I I was just I could not understand how in the hell they were going to give Peacekeeper his own show. But holy crap, I love that thing. That's awesome. It's hilarious. I, I've learned one thing, and that's to trust in James Gunn. The man's yeah, got right. a talent. And apparently, it's Alan Tudyk that's responsible for that opening dance scene. Oh, really? <laughs> that sounds about right. That's perfect. <laughs> Have you wash. seen it yet, Brandon? I have not actually. Um, I just I hadn't really had the time yet, but I'm I'm kind of hoping to just watch it all in in uh, you know like a big at, binge session at, or something. At the very least, YouTube the the dance intro. 
yeah, yeah. everyone's been talking about that so <laughs> it's too. like it's weird as hell at first and then it's like oh my god i love this thing yeah <laughs> i don't know if you guys have been watching uh or watched hawkeye but that kind of like musical sequence again i haven't seen it yet but it, it makes me think of they did like a I think it was really only like the first episode, but they had like the Rogers, the musical. Yeah. It's basically, it was like a musical version of the first Avengers movie. And I, I just, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. But I could totally see that happening, you know, in a, in a universe with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, it made me for laugh sure. at first. Cause I was like, I mean, the Chitauri invasion, at least as it was presented in that movie, it wasn't like, you know, like a joke, like, destruction people died i assume and they're just like oh yeah iron man and thor and captain america are here to save the day and boy aren't they sure attractive looking it's just like oh my god <laughs> uh, it was, it was a, a great disaster but now we can sing and dance about it again <laughs> i mean if you say so i mean the sound of music was based on around world war ii if i'm not mistaken yeah, I guess so. I guess you well, know, given realize. enough time, and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it for my news, anyway. Um, I'm I don't know if we're actually going to get a Red Hood movie, which was the other piece of news, but that's that's the other that's the other rumor. Um, coming out on HBO Max, of course. The Batgirl deal and the Red Hood deal are supposed to meet together in the Nightwing movie that's still supposed to be coming out. But again, this is all just rumors and gossip. So yeah. It all sounds good. It all sounds like something I want to happen, but you know, I've been hanging on that tree for like ten years now. I I really hope like I, I love all the Robins I've said before, so I would not mind seeing a bunch of Robins in a movie together. <laughs> oh hell no. As long as they did it right yeah let's and see just word to the wise you do not need batman it does not need just you don't need your original story it's like okay it's like a few months to like a few years into his career as nightwing or as red hood and there's the batman stuff happened in the past we all know the story we all know what happened just leave it there you sure okay. i feel like i need to see bruce wayne's parents die again you know, really, just yeah, to understand yeah. the origin. The hammer at home, yeah. It's <laughs> I mean, like Uncle Ben. We need to. I see always Uncle forget. Ben I always forget. Time. You know, how did he become Batman again? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. There's something with a bat and like a, an alarm yeah. clock. I don't know. This is really. Weird. <laughs> like, I think I saw an article or something. It might have been on like Reddit or something. I don't know if this really counts as news, but it was. It was like, I think they made it explicitly clear, or the headline or something was like. The new Batman film is not going to show an origin because I think they're just anticipating. Yeah, everyone. they've made that abundantly clear. Yeah, they're just like anticipating, like, oh, like, we don't want to see another one of these. Let's just just get to the point. Like everyone already knows the origin at this point, and if you don't, just look yeah. it up on Google or read one of the dozens of comics that yeah. have the origin in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I, honestly, if you don't know it, even if you've never read a batman book ever if you've rarely or never seen a batman movie you should still know how batman dies there's i don't think there's anyone on the planet that isn't exposed to pop culture that doesn't know how batman's parents die 
Yeah, or like I, how, you say that, that like I, literally impossible. Yeah, like I came across a Reddit story. thread last week about I, I don't remember exactly what they're. Oh, yeah, it was some joke post about like if if Batman's parents died in the eighties, there's a good chance they were walking out of of. Or if Batman was born in the eighties, there's a good chance his parents were walking out of Toy Story or something like that. But in the comments section, that the whole thread was about like what movie it was that his parents were actually walking out of. And that was all muddled because a lot of people were just talking about like the Christopher Nolan movies. Like, yo, no, it was a stage play and it was bats. And it was like, it's fear. And like, people were like, no, it was Zorro. And other people were like, no, it's something else. It's very, very confusing for a lot of people now about, I know that's like the, the least possible thing to worry about, but even that can get muddled. Even just how that whole thing came about. Yeah. Yeah, I just I feel like the the general like idea of it, like yeah, Bruce's parents die and he wants to get you know vengeance and that sort of thing, like that. I am like everyone should know that at this point. I don't want to sound like you know pretentious or anything, but it, it kind of feels like common knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you've seen it enough just, times. You've never kind of never seen a Superman movie. You still probably use the word kryptonite from yeah. time to time. Yeah. And for the anime fans out there, if you don't know Superman's origin, it's Goku. It's the it's same word. Oh god. With 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 less yelling. Yeah. 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 A lot Usually less a yelling. lot less yelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's it for me. I would love to see a Red Hood movie. You know what? Honestly, let me ask you guys this. Um fan casting. If yeah. like look, they got a they've got a Robin's movie. Or let's not call it Robin's movie, but there is one. You got Nightwing, you've got Red Hood, you've got Tim Drake, and you've got Batgirl. Who do you? Uh, Damien has to stay out because um, bringing him in would have to bring Bruce in, narratively speaking. Yeah, so keep really. him out. Keep the other four in. Who would you fan cast into a, a movie with those? The, yeah. the idea just popped into my head, so I don't have an answer prepared. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I do not. I mean, I I, I I don't know enough about the younger actors and newer actors these yeah. days to really. And I I, I like yeah. the even if I don't you know love the show, I do like the actor they have who plays Jason on Titans. I think he like feels like a very mean thing to say, but I feel like he has the right look for kind of like the the assholeish Jason Todd character that you would kind of want. Um, he's I'm the sure perfect he's actor nice. to get killed on screen. Yeah, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Yeah. Just he just like has the good look for, for that. But um, I, I can I can agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> he just like man, buddy. The only thing that can make your face look better is a crowbar. Yeah, it's just like you just have a very like that kind of face. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. way to say it. You look like a jerk. Yes. Of first meet. You look like you're gonna spit in my face. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh no! Steal my tires, <laughs> pop <Pump-ups. laughs> Yeah, my car outside your house. Yeah. I want the guy from Cobra Kai to be Tim Drake, but he's already being Blue Beetle. Wait, wait. Oh, oh yeah, Zolo. Yeah. Honestly, he's still. I say before, he's the perfect fan casting or the perfect casting for Jaime Reyes. Oh hell yeah! That's amazing. I'm looking forward to it. 
It better fucking happen soon. Well, the only other person I could see for Red Hood, if we wanted somebody older for Red Hood, and, and now that you bring in Cobra Kai, I'm thinking the, the guy that played Rawi Keen. I don't know the actor's name. I think he could play a perfect Red Hood. Yeah, but he's a, he's kind of a short-ass dude, didn't he? I mean, like... Yeah, like, height really matter. <laughs> well, I it's mean... It's not the size of the characters. How you use come out, They're all five foot six, man. I mean... <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dick was doing that since he was probably four foot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know about the rest, though. If I sat down, I could put one out. But yeah. It just popped off in my head. It would have been cool to hear, like, oh, yeah, this would have been a great idea. But, yeah, not off the top of my head. I could picture an older, if we had an older Tim Drake, it would be, uh, oh, shit, what's his name? Oh, uh, one second. Oh, what's the other guy's name? Oh my god, what is his name? He was in Supernatural and he was in the CWDC shows. <laughs> he played oh, the, the oh, second Jared Adam. Badalecki? No, no. He played uh, he's Kevin Tran. Oh my god, what was this? Oh god. Supernatural. Oh, I can't Super- remember. Osric Chow. There you go. I, uh, I could see him as like, an, as like a mid-20s to late-20s Tim Drake. That would work. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, know, they, um, you said Supernatural and it made me think of... Um, Benson Ackles, who was Red Hood in the animated yes. Batman on Red Hood. Yeah. And like, also has the best Red Hood costume. I know. Yeah. And he, I'm sure you've seen it. Like, but yeah, he, he posted like the Halloween picture in the Red Hood suit. And I was like, okay, I know you're older, shall we say? But dude, seriously, you could absolutely pull it off. If, if they casted yeah. an older Bruce Wayne, I, I feel like maybe they could get away with it. He, he just has the best voice for it, I think. He does. He would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But time catches up to us all. It's uh, unfortunate. He still really fit, so I don't know. Yeah. If they ever do an older, older. They could digitally yeah. de age him or Jason something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,. I don't think you could kick ass like Red Hood would need to, though. Yeah, well, that's that's when you get a stunt double. That's the best part of having someone run around with a red helmet. Really tell. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. that's very true. Yeah, he was always a bit of a slow fighter on Supernatural too, so that's a good point. But stunt double's perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For other news, um, hell, this week the best book came back. Uh. I know Brandon and I were talking about it. I think everybody was excited about it. On high. Yeah. <laughs> Hazel Returns no. Saga number 55. Oh, oh my so God. So exciting. So good. Oh, I, I'm so, so desperate to talk about it, but I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't read it yet. Oh, man. Yeah, no, you're you're in for a time, I think. Just just getting back to the series, it's it's really great. Yeah, um, I I was just surprised by the cover because I didn't realize who all the characters were in the cover. I obviously knew Hazel at the front, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize who the others were. And that's where I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, no, very, uh, very exciting. And yeah. uh, if you have hadn't haven't had a chance to read Saga, um, we would obviously highly recommend it. It's yeah. Uh, I I was saying to my wife yesterday, who I I finally got her to start reading from volume one. Yes, um, it's easily, in my opinion, the book of the last decade oh definitely definitely if, if anything the book goes so far of this century yeah let's just i mean it always amazed me how popular it, it really was because i mean you still have people yeah. just kind of constantly talking even you know going into like the second or third year of it's a hiatus like when is it coming back when's saga coming back and people were just so obsessive about it because they love this series so much so it's it's really kind of incredible yeah And Brian K. Vaughn's blurb at the back, he highlighted that, how how impatient people were and how violent they could be, but he also appreciated the hell out of it because it meant his story meant something. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, that's a double-edged sword, isn't yeah. it? Exactly. Yeah, no, they, they definitely had, like, a lot of, I think, just, uh, like, anticipation, almost, like, crazy anticipation for it that it would, that would start to almost get violent, like, or come back sooner you know we're gonna do something but i think people once once it's back like people are just like ah, all right like we can just kind of forget that stuff don't need to be weird about it anymore yeah, exactly just look forward to the next issue next month no. that's all my god well it's just i think like looking back of, of you know like how much has happened in three years it's just kind of crazy i think it's, yeah. it's been that long too yeah it's just crazy what a book what a fucking book but onto something else i think is is super exciting in the vr video game world today was released what i believe is the world's first vr mmo oh wow zenith the last city yeah and it looks polished as hell it looks really good I'm gonna pick it up tomorrow, and I'm definitely trying that out. It looks insane that we've we've reached that far in our technological evolution that we finally have virtual reality MMORPGs. Yeah, just wild. Like that's pretty sick. Um, yeah, what's the show? Sword Art Online. Like, Sword Art Online. Yeah. We're, we're, we're easily like five, ten years out from something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so in 10 years, uh, 200,000 people will die playing an online video game Christ. and be trapped there for a year. Ugh. Just be warned, it was foretold. <laughs> you, you'd think we would be able to avoid something like that if you know, we, we'd already seen an example of what could happen, but I, yeah. I still Oh, you mean not. like with idiocracy? Yeah, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, God. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm pissed. <laughs> Yeah, that did, definitely didn't happen. Yeah, we were, I think yeah. we were four years away from watering our crops with gators. Yeah, no, I think I don't know. <laughs> I think I think the the more uh, uh, more time we spend just in twenty twenties, like I think I think we're definitely getting closer to idiocracy. Kind of depressing. So, yeah, uh, this world. It's got to change soon. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I had is last week came out 
a free-to-play online Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, which I know is not something we'd really talk about here, but <laughs> I've been playing it. I've been playing it all week. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. And if anybody wants to duel, hit me up on Twitter <laughs> and we'll set it up. I'm gold five right now. I'm working my way up to platinum. Let's do this. I was I was gonna add, I saw it. Say, yeah, I, I saw like your your like icon or whatever it said was like playing Yu-Gi-Oh on on Discord. I was gonna ask about it, but I was like, yeah, yeah you know what? It's probably I'll probably just wait until we record and then I can get the proper story. Yeah, it's 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 honestly like any other Yu-Gi-Oh game that's come out in the past five years, like uh, Duel Links, I think it was called as well. It's it's free to play. You can buy in-game credits, but honestly. For the first week of playing, you don't need to buy a single thing. And if you don't want to buy anything, you don't have to. Yeah. You get tons of gems to get tons of packs. And I've already got like a decent deck. They have a, a public deck list full of like really good decks that you can, as long as you get the cards, which is surprisingly easy to get the cards, you can have a good deck almost right away. As long as it's not like entirely pay to win, I think that, that would be a lot more. Oh, no. No, that would. It it is far from pay to win. It's like it's all up to chance. Yeah. It's gotcha as hell, but that's that's even real life TCGs is all gotcha. Yeah. Truth. Anything in your world, Brandon? Uh not really personally, you know, just life as usual. But um in comic news I, I really only had two things. The first one, and I don't know if we already talked about this, but if we did, I guess I'm just gonna say it again um saga saga i would love to um <laughs> but no is um uh image comics a couple weeks ago uh announced that they had signed an exclusive deal with jeff lanier for a series of, of new projects but also just basically a deal that says anything that he wants to do with any co-creators they will publish you know no questions asked obviously something it's not like obscene or whatever who have seen um but you no know, basically just feel like you want to do an image you can do for the foreseeable future which is like the same deal they gave to ed brubaker if i remember correctly um which is pretty cool i think it, it just you know my expectations we're going to get a lot of really cool books from lemire and, and awesome co-creators over at image and a couple of them had already been announced a new project with dustin wen and a, a new series of like Ooh. horror books with uh andre sorrentino or like a horror universe it, i i'm not really sure what it is but it's really cool. what an awesome fucking pair yeah yeah so you're basically oh my god yeah, if, what's what's it gonna be called um hang on uh the announcement um so the one with dustin Wen is called little monsters and then sorrentino, yeah, sorrentino. is going to be a yeah, shared universe of horror titles called the Boneyard. No, the born the Bone Orchard Mythos. Um, nice. Yeah, so I guess gonna, oh. yeah, I guess it's gonna be like series and graphic novels, and I don't know. I guess they're just like experimenting with it, but it sounds really cool. So I expect a lot of stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, the two of them. Yeah. That that that's just an amazing pair. Yeah. I never. Oh geez. That's a dream for me. Yeah, no, so I'm I'm really excited for for all the stuff that they're going to be cooking up in the future, and um, well, yeah, Lemire and, and and you know other co-creators, and um, hopefully we can we can tell you all about it. Um, I'd like to, um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's the the Image Comics news. Um, other news, uh, a little bit more sad, but I figure we should probably at least mention it. 
Um, recently, there was uh, some kind of school board hearing at a you know school board in, in McMinn County, Tennessee, which I assume would be some county that you probably never would have heard of otherwise, but now you're probably going to hear about it because they made the kind of controversial decision to ban the graphic novel Mouse, which if you're unfamiliar is a book by Art Spiegelman that uh, basically, you know, talks about the Holocaust and, um, you know, is has like animals instead of humans. And um, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, you know, in detail. It's kind of one of those things you have to read for yourself. But um, a lot of the comics I mean, community a metaphorical was, portrayal of the, of the yeah, yeah, and it's just a lot of the comics community was really upset about it because aside from it being blatant censorship, it's you know a really important book that that a lot of people have used to kind of talk about the Holocaust, especially with with younger people, and um, it's just kind of sad to see that books are just kind of blatantly trying to ignore history, especially history as important as this, um, and just you know kind of wash it away and, and not really address it because it'd be too controversial or something. And, um, and I don't know. It's, it's just really sad. I, I didn't have a prepared statement for this. Like, no, it's, like uh, I could. It friend Josh it is sad. Going to educate our children. One of the and what was the other one that you had? Yeah, mentioned? it was a school or a couple schools out in Texas that had yeah banned books like V for Vendetta, Why the Last Man, and a couple others. If I remember correctly, um, and it it definitely seems as if there's almost a unifying theme there, but I won't get too deep into that. Rather, yeah, now we can just say something to think about it's just again we'd, <clears throat> we'd like to bring attention to it at least um you know just to kind of let people know that this stuff is really terrible and you know it's it's kind of sad that you feel like this is the kind of stuff that people have to resort to if they don't want to have you know maybe an uncomfortable conversation about a, a tragedy or something like that so it's it's just sad really but um for my money, at least. Taking away the form of expression that you see in comic books is taking away some people's only way to get any kind of engagement through media like that. Yeah, definitely. And it's, Those people yeah. are probably aren't going to read a yeah, book. Or especially, maybe like I said, you know, among younger students and people who, yeah, and you probably don't really want to read a, you know, a thick book, but still want to be educated about the material or still should be educated about the material. Um, so... Yeah, it's 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 just sad really um but i would say just do yourself a favor if you haven't read mouse you definitely should pick up a copy where you can and i don't know maybe donate a few copies to to texas just as a kind of screw you to the rest of them um so, oh you know what you should do is you should buy up like i don't know google however many people are in mcmahon county and then just mail a copy to every single address yeah. or you could just or, or mail like a like 50 boxes of, of copies of mouse to like whatever school or school board that they had the meeting at. If anyone wants to get on that, you know where we are, we can, uh, we can collaborate. 
<laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, man. Um, think it's about take, time to take the spotlight off of us and put it on some books. It was a clever transition, but yeah, I do think it's time. <clears throat> All right. Well, starting off our spotlight section, we're going to be looking at Robin Superman or the Robin Superman special number one, uh, which Rob will tell us about. Yes, sir. This was brought to us by Peter J. Tomasi, with pencils by Victor Bogdanovich, inks by Daniel Enrique, Scott Hanna, Victor Bogdanovich, and Matt Santarelli, with colors by Ivan Placencia and Matt Herms, and letters from Tom Napolitano. It's a very simple one, despite the 40-page count. Uh, Damien surprises John at his home with news that the fortress alarm is going off because John was not paying attention to the crystal, and the two investigate together. A time cube, as seen in previous adventures, uh, with such as that time Superman and John went into a Savage Land-esque world and met the losers, uh, it went haywire and a creature was released into the fortress. Together, the duo calmed the quickly aging and soon pregnant beast and sent her back to where she came from peacefully with her baby. This is a cool throwback to a bunch of old stories. I say old, but not really that old. Yeah. More like the past five years. Really, yeah, uh, really. It's just a simple it's... adventure, really. Yeah, I, I was hoping it would be more of a present-day story and to get a more of a deeper look into the dynamic, the dynamic between where these two are now. But it's still cool to see, because a lot of this took place prior to Robin number three, I think. And I think it even said Son of Kal-El number two. So yeah. it's very early on in their respective series, uh, which yeah, it's still cool to see the two together. I do hope that Peter J. Tomasi gets to write more of the Super Sons, and we get to see the two of them teaming up together in the future, because John is probably still way too young to team up with any Batman. He just probably wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> uh, so 7 out of 10 for me. is It felt short. It was short, despite the page count. Uh, but it was a fun ride. It's Tomasi writing Super Sons. What's not to love? 7 out of 10. Yeah, it, uh, it got a 7.5 for me. <clears throat> I really dug the art from Bogdanovich. Um, I, I just I really like the way that it's you know kind of fun and, and expressive and everything. Um, and I think, yeah, just the, kind of the highlight of the, the issue really is just the dynamic between Damien and John. Like, even though John is older and Damien's kind of going through his own thing, like, they're still buds and they still like spending time together. And, and even Damien kind of has to admit at the end that, like, yeah, I, I, I do like spending time with my friend, even if I can be cold sometimes. So all that stuff was nice. Yeah, yeah the story's just, you know, it's just kind of like a very sort of straightforward kind of generic story but really it's just kind of an excuse mm -hmm. to show them hanging out and having fun so it, it just kind of worked in that way it's like a yeah just a fun issue damien and john doing their their normal thing and uh and, and you know, being the super sons yeah yeah i i my same here man i thought it was completely fun and cool loved it i it it looked perfect um, I do wish there was more coming down the pipeline. Uh, as far as I know, there's no word of that. I think this may have just been like a fan service book. But I liked it. Um, maybe it is the fan in me of the Super Sons, but I gave it an 8.5. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Nice. Well, I think it was more fair than you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I only scored lower because I really wanted to see more present day. Because I just like because I'm such a huge fan of Super Sense, I want more of it. I don't want this to just be stories from the past. I want right. it to keep and, going. I mean, <laughs> Damien just showed up in a Superman book, and the, I don't see a reason why John couldn't have taken a little detour for 40 pages with Damien. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. It was right there, guys. It was exactly. right there. Don't worry, I'll be right back. I just anyway. I have to hang out with my friend for a little bit. <laughs> right? Corey, we'll take down that, that rogue government yeah. later. Gotta, gotta go get some milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I'm, I'm all for yeah. that. Well, I mean, if you look at it from John's point of view. He's looking at Jay, like, okay, you look like uh, uh, some kind of hippie version of the Scarecrow right now. And the other people that you've introduced me in part of this group so far are former members of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I'm going to go hang out with my friend real quick before I do something that kills me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I said, it's, like I said, it's right there. Yeah. The timing is perfect. I do just hope that this is not the last we'll see the two together, which most likely will not be, but I I really hope they get more than just the sporadic appearance in each other's books. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. What's up next? Uh, up next, we have Human Target number four, written, of course, by Tom King with art from Greg Smallwood. Colors from Greg Smallwood. Inks from Greg Smallwood. Everything from Greg Smallwood. Uh, with letters from Clayton Cowles, but he's you get a small wood. You yeah, get everyone gets one. You get a small. I'll gladly take it. Small Greg Smallwood is amazing, especially in this issue. My God, yeah. <clears throat> um, the issue itself is is pretty simple. Um, um, <clears throat> Chance has uh, teamed up with um, Ice and Blue Beetle just to kind of ask him some more questions about you know, the mystery and who might be killing Lex Luthor, and it's. Kind of similar to the last one, but with the absence of a very uh, dickish and intrusive Green Lantern. <clears throat> um, but yeah, this one is yeah really just kind of the the highlight of the issue is just seeing you know Booster and Ice or Booster Blue Beetle and Ice back together um, while Chance is just kind of there you know with his internal monologue just kind of or internal monologue just kind of thinking about the situation and everything and. We see them team up and take down, you know, a bunch of different stuff, bears, bank robbers, all that good stuff. Um, uh, but I think the, the real dramatic twist is at the end of the issue with Ice and Chance that I won't spoil too much. But if you've been reading the series so far, you could kind of guess that this was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, it's just really solid stuff so far. It's just a great mystery. Like I said, the art from Greg Smallwood is amazing and it's such a treat to get him see such a treat to to see him you know like draw these dc characters um and and draw them really well so i'm digging it you know i gave it an 8.5 i'm just really interested to see where the story goes next it's pretty cool to see smallwood draw all these different characters see all these different characters in smallwood's style yeah definitely way i want to phrase that um and i mean i'm four issues in and and I don't hate it. Uh, I will admit this, that 
this is not Tom King's worst work. It's it's not Stuller. The story can get dull at a bit times, uh, get a bit dull at times, but um, I'm I, it's actually uh, a, a pretty decent comic book. Um, we're not we're not I at the halfway point yet, yeah. which is where things sometimes start to fall apart. It was like that with Rorschach too. So we'll <laughs> see. Well, like Rorschach, even up to like issue six, I was like, okay, man, what the hell? <laughs> but so far, yeah, we'll see. We'll hit, 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 hit issue number seven and uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks. Actually, uh, what is it? There's 12? Yes, yeah. It's always 12. Right, it's Tom okay. King. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it, uh, I'll give it to issue 12 to find out if it's crap or not. I I have not read it yet. I I've only actually I've only read the first issue so far, but only because I did read Rorschach, and when we were covering it, I binged the first six or seven issues basically in a day, and yeah. I was all for it. And then by the time I got to issue twelve, I couldn't stand it. So yeah. I I'm going to run an, an experiment. I'm going to wait till all twelve issues are out, and I'm just going to binge them in one go. That's probably smarter and. Yeah, it might be a little more enjoyable that way as a collection instead of month by month. I feel almost like this is this this. I feel like reading this particular issue is a lot like reading or watching a a late sixties detective show, like about a private eye kind of dude. Yeah, definitely. It's it's just almost has that kind of vibe to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> I think yeah, Smallwood definitely cited like those kind of sixties aesthetic types of stuff in his influence for how he was drawing this book which yeah definitely shows oh yeah it does and it it, it for me it makes the the issue really good when again i'm saying this about a town game book yeah. <laughs> it's um no you know i'm not talking shit about uh garrett's or, or shaner or anybody else but no one does um, they're they're amazing <laughs> right <laughs> exactly um all right i guess that's that yeah. uh wonder girl's up next wonder girl is up next so josh i'll let you take it away written by joelle jones with art from like uh jeez, Layla deluca and jordy belair and pat brazoa on lettering wrapped in a cover from mateo scalera and moreno denizio uh this wraps up prematurely uh, the Wonder Woman or Wonder Girl title, excuse me, uh, which is, in my opinion, too bad. But it does so with Yara Floor fighting off an army with the help of Donna Troy and the Escasitas, the tribe of Amazons that she belongs to. In the middle of the fight, Cassie takes off, who's Cassie Sandsmark, who's also there, the other Wonder Girl. So there's all three of them there, kind of doing the Batgirls thing, but. Anyway, Cassie takes off to talk to Zeus and talks him into letting Yara Floor do her own thing. And that's how this seven-issue run is going to wrap up. Um, it says to be continued in the trial of the Amazons. It was fun. I enjoyed the end of the arc a lot. I just, I definitely wish it wasn't the end of all of them. And, um, I mean, of course, naturally, with it being produced the way that it was it felt a little rushed at the end <laughs> um but i i still enjoyed it and i gave it um an 
Yeah, I, I can agree. It felt rushed. That is uh, pretty much the only thing I wrote down. <laughs> Just it's all I could think of. Like this is this is a shame because it was definitely supposed to be more. And now it's we're just rushing to an end. Thing. Yeah, I, but what was on the pages was really enjoyable with the the combat. Uh, seeing Cassie kind of duck and weave through Zeus's lightning bolts, I thought was really cool. You really got the feel, though, with the way that was drawn. You really got the feel of how she was dodging you. I could see the motions in my head. I thought it was really cool. Um, and I'm just super excited to see Moriara Flora and see where they go in the future with Trial of the Amazons, and hopefully we get more post-trial with Yara Floor and Cassie together, maybe teaming up. Here's what I don't get with Donna Troy. That would be cool too, but here, here's what I don't get. If they're cutting an already planned ahead issue um, to, to eight, it was going to eight issues, correct? Yeah. Well, All right. as far, at least that's that's as far as the solicits yeah, went. Cover, as as but my guess is, yeah, it's probably like, you know, early, early production and then probably didn't even finish the issue. Um, okay, I was under the impression that given the time frame, it would that the eighth issue would have been at least nearly completely done, and then they had to go and change the last little bit of this book in order to wrap things up and put it into the trial <clears> of the Amazons. Is what I was mm-hmm. is what I was assuming, but I'm I, I guess I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't. My guess is yeah, whatever is in might have been done for for issue eight has either been folded into the trial of the Amazons tie-in or has been completely scrapped. Um, but it just it just kind of depends. Um, but yeah, I I just I feel like if there was two issues worth of story. And with the whole trial of the Amazon's release date thing, you don't want to fudge with that. Why not release a slightly oversized end of the run issue for Wonder Girl? I mean, yeah, yeah. probably because it was give, a, give that story a little bit. Yeah, probably just because it was such a sudden cancellation. They're just like, ah, we don't have time. Wrap it up, which is unfortunate, but. Very. Um, Sorry, Jordy Belair. Yeah. I like your shit. Yeah, it's it's a shame. It 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 always feels like Joelle Jones, who's just incredibly talented. Just uh, maybe it's you know her um, work schedule or something, but it always seems like she just seems to have the worst luck on some one of these books that she writes and draws. It's kind of like that with Catwoman too in the the earlier parts, where there just be delays and it seems like really know what's going on. And um, it's it's unfortunate because I think this book still has a lot of potential but you know it's just kind of coming to its really early end and 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 hopefully there's more in the works for ER floor but it feels like if this is you know kind of the end of it um in addition to trial of the amazons it's just kind of a, a waste of potential uh, yeah that's yeah. a perfect yeah. way to put especially it. if you're kind of looking a hell to, of a good yeah, especially if you're kind of looking to like expand the wonder woman books which they felt like they were trying to do with a lot of the new stuff and hoping they were trying to do anyway. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate, you know, feels like Superman has a strong group of books right now. And Batman is like running the company, but you know, Wonder Woman just feels like sometimes it's just not there, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Yep. Very sad. And it should be. There's so many characters. I mean, they they literally could let Wonder Woman, they could let Diane and Hippolyta run around and do whatever the hell they wanted with their own storylines and have like a Batgirls-esque team 
of Donna Troy leading uh, leading Cassie and Yara Flora. Amazing. Um, hell yeah, it would. And then you know, every once in a while, they team up with Artemis, like they like the Batgirls are sure to team up with Nightwing, or you know, there's there's all kinds of potential there. Oh, it just wow. ticks me off when they just throw that out the window. Yeah. Anyway. Let's... All right, we got one more to throw the spotlight yeah, a book on. That is, I think is it's very, one that doesn't want a spotlight. Yeah, a book that is very lighthearted and fun. Um, it's pretty much the opposite of the depressing news that we were talking about. Uh, a book that uh, the whole family will love called DC versus Vampires. Uh, it's written by James Tynan and Matthew Rosenberg with colors, inks, and again, everything else uh, from Otto Schmidt with letters from Tom Napolitano. Uh, continuing our conspiracy, our vampire conspiracy at the center of the DC universe. Um, this issue gives us that confrontation that I had been anticipating between Green Arrow and Batman, where Green Arrow is, you know, he'd been speculating that Batman was a vampire and now he's going to Gotham City to, you know, kind of get his justice, only to find out that Bruce is not a vampire in a very comedic exchange uh, where the two. Both think they're the other is a vampire when in fact neither of them are. So they're just like, wait, what? What's what the hell's going on? Um, but <laughs> I was sure you yeah, were a vampire. Like, <laughs> and arrow shoots him with a water arrow, and it's like, why did you splash me with water? And all he's like, just why did you Santa stake Clara. me? What the hell is going on? He's like, I thought you were a vampire. I thought you were a vampire. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, the two of them are. Uh, now going to work together to try and <clears throat> stop the person that Batman has identified as the actual vampire traitor, none other than Hal Jordan, because of course he knows he's Batman. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. before they can make any progress, his proximity alarm goes off, the bad one, I should say. Wonder Woman shows up, followed by the rest of the Justice League, who announced that Batman needs to come with them, answer some questions, and of course... Green Arrow and Batman decide that that shit ain't gonna happen. They're gonna fight. Um, so yeah, it's it's just like this story. I think for for kind of a shaky first issue, each issue I think really has just gotten a lot better for me. And and I'm just loving this conspiracy at the heart of the DC universe, where everyone's just like, well, you know, who's a vampire? Who can we trust? Who can't we trust? And it's kind of interesting to see how um, that scenario is affecting all of the all the heroes and you know what kind of decisions they're making in addition to seeing which heroes have yeah. been turned into vampires um and and how they're trying to you know just spread their influence everywhere else so it's just really good can't talk it's really good stuff um <laughs> and of course again it just kind of goes without saying but otto schmidt treasure he's amazing like Otto Schmidt has just been amazing since Green Arrow, and I, I just every time he's on a new book, it's like, yay! Love to see you again. I think, I think the way Constantine is drawn here makes him look like a cool without a care Jim Corden. Yeah, I love his Constantine. Oh yeah, I see that. <laughs> look, look at it. I'm, go back yeah. and have that frame of mind, and you go, oh okay. yeah, it kind of <laughs> does. Oh well, I, I will say this at least: I, I did notice, and um, maybe it was just me, but. Um, Otto's version of Batman kind of looks like Rob Pattinson. You uh, see that? Yeah. <laughs> I saw yeah. Oh, I gotta check. That yeah, out. when you look at it again, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I can see it. Um, and I don't know if that yeah. was like a deliberate thing or just kind of end up looking that way, but um, that kind of that yeah. was kind of a little 
<laughs> awkward at first, but other than that, his stuff is is just phenomenal, and he's a treasure, and I yeah. want him to draw. I'm on one side of the fence or the other with Otto Schmidt, man. And on this on this issue, I'm on the good side. I think the art works, man. It it looks really good. Yeah. And um, I I don't know if this is just me, and, and maybe it is. But can you tell me how they managed to make a vampire book more fun than anything else? I mean, it was just it's it's fun reading this thing. I know it's yeah. almost like. It's almost like a deceased vibe without the emotional trauma. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think it's, it's almost more like the conspiracy yeah. version of deceased, where you know deceased was like, oh, world's ended, we just need to stay alive. But this one's like, who can you yeah. trust? Who can't you trust? And I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, yeah, it's it, it's, it's a, real good. It's a fun read. It's got a fascinating twists. It's got really good action. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it's just what a superhero book should be. A superhero horror book should be, I mean, to say. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. 8.5 for me. 8.5. 8.75 for me. I just enjoy the crap out of it. Yeah. I don't blame you. Otto Schmidt is amazing. Otto Schmidt is amazing. <laughs> and anytime he gets to draw a green arrow, no, I am all heart, there. Soars. Literally, every every time Otto, yeah. I'm serious, like every time Otto is announced on a new project, I'm like, oh, yay. New, new work for you. Yes. I love that his his Green Arrow costume design always makes it into. Yeah, it's just, I just love it so much. It's a it's a weird design, but it's honestly a perfect design at the same yeah. time. I think. Well, at first the shoulder pads kind of threw me the first time I saw it, but I think I, I kind of settled into it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is pretty cool." Yeah. Anyway, uh, two two things about the book, though. I am super scared that one of the Bat Fam is going to turn into a vampire soon. I think Dick already is one, and alternatively. Constantine just not giving a shit that Zatanna's a vampire <laughs> was friggin' perfect yeah. <laughs> and so on yeah. brand. It's been a hell of a book so far. Yeah. Love the characters, love the voices. It's it's really well done for uh, versus vampires. Yeah. All right. Do we want to shift into our main reviews for this week? I think we can. And then after this first one i think we should probably drop in a commercial definitely drop in a commercial because our next book is pretty big uh for our first full review for this week we have detective comics number 1050 a big old anniversary issue with two backups uh but because it's so big we won't go into too much detail on those backups even though they are definitely pretty interesting so i will let josh give us all the details on this monster of an issue Monster and size, not quality, All right. I think. Yeah, a bit. Um, Detective Comics 1050. To, um, it was written by Mariko Tamaki with art from Ivan Reyes, D- uh, Danny Miki, and Brad Anderson with letters by Ariana Marr and a cover by Irvin Rodriguez. This issue goes about answering why Huntress, uh, their person on the inside, so to speak, went into the tower. She's been tormented by the vile visions, but um, tis, and it's threatening it's her the mental lap health. Track, dude. Nightwing, yeah, <laughs> uh, it broke. <laughs> oh. I got, I got to fix it. That's that was another thing that broke, Rob. I broke so many oh, things shit. over the last forty-eight hours, but. <laughs> Anyway, um, so Nightwing, who actually he reveals that he fell for Huntress here, 
he's worried about um uh, about her as is the rest of the team and he comments about he managed he works in dialogue that batman is gone we find out that they're giving patients um the drug this drug that keeps them complacent it's called numb but that's not all the drug is also being sold on the streets by the people who run the joint And lastly, it's not just the drugs that are that are keeping the people docile. Mostly, it's um, a guy by the name of Roger Hayden, also known as Psycho Pirate. Mm-hmm. It is stunning art. It's not a breathtaking story, but it gave me what I wanted, and I'm happy with that. I'm in love with the detective right now. Um, I'm thankful because for a while there they were all really getting on my nerves and I was having to give like, I was having to give them all bad scores. So thank you guys for changing this. I gave the front one an eight out of 10. Uh, yeah, I think that it was a cool throwback to no man's land. I think it was yeah. a very, very cool throwback, very interesting story. And very nice to get a clearer understanding of what's going on with Huntress and Doctor Ware, now that we officially know that it's a con and nothing more sinister. And the art throughout the issue, throughout the story, just remains awesome. I loved it. And I did have a little blurb about the backups, just Mark Waits World's Finest. I'm super excited. Can't friggin' wait for that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of which... Uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art from Fernando Blanco and Jordi Belair with letters by Rob Lee. First up is the fourth chapter of House of Gotham. And we see Scarecrow leading his army of children to attack the Wayne Manor and Bruce Wayne because of Bruce Wayne's greed. They are successful in torching the place, but it could have been worse if Robin wasn't there, who kicks their ass with loads of sarcasm. But they are little kids. When Batman gets back, Scarecrow is heavily dosed a kid to force him into Arkham. When uh, I guess we'll see where that goes. Still, I'm still unsure about who this kid is going to turn into. But anyway, the next one is written by Mark Wade, art from Dan Mora and Tom Rabon villain on colors and lettering from Aditya Bidikar. So Batman Superman World Finest Part 1 serves to just kind of introduce us to the world of Wade and Mora's upcoming run. Soups and Bats respond to a threat by Poison Ivy. Metello shows up, injects Superman with some red kryptonite, and that's never a pleasant experience. Um, and he, he ends up pretty damn angry by the end of the story. Uh, well done, Wade and Mora. This was epic. It was It was... Quite literally the world's finest. When you think of the world's finest comic book, this is what you think of. And I couldn't think of a better team to do it. So uh, the backups all together, I gave those an 8 out of 10. The front one an 8 out of 10. So Detective Comics is getting back to awesome. And thankfully, so I gave the whole thing an 8 out of 10. Awesome. Rob, what'd you think? Uh, Yeah, I gave the whole thing an 8.5. I think the the main backup is getting a little more interesting, and I'm curious if it's going to be 12 part like the main story. Because if it's 12 parts, holy crap, how much more is there? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm digging the story so far. 
I, I, I think this main story was, was definitely a lot stronger than sort of like the, the last one, the last two really. Um, it kind yeah. of felt a little, yeah, sure. little meandering in places, but um, I think this one is like, well, now we get a really clear sense of the story and some of the characters. And I think um, bringing Nightwing in always helps, a little biased on that. But uh, I, think, I think it worked with this <laughs> story, at least kind of giving just it to eat, yeah, yeah. Some, some more um, direction and just, yeah, really kind of giving us a clear understanding of, of, you know, what's going on with the tower. You know, now we know Dr. Weir's own intentions and connections and then also dramatic twist at the end with the psycho pirate so that was cool the main story got an 8.25 out of 10 for me um the uh house of of gotham story <clears throat> still you know interesting still solid nothing phenomenal um but it was just kind of a nice flashback uh again to just kind of see what's going on with this you know mysterious boy and his, his connections to batman and scarecrow and all that stuff um, so I thought that was cool. And it was also fun to see, you know, the, the young, like 10, 12 year old Dick Grayson going up against Scarecrow and he's, you know, quipping and all that stuff. Um, which, yeah, again, yeah, that was awesome. I, I think I made the joke earlier, but I, I guess, um, like it still kind of stands, even though, yeah, Dick is Robin at this point, but yeah, it just, it just kind of made me laugh that this other boy who lost his parents, I guess, just. He's not he's not good enough to be a protege yet. You you go to you go to Arkham little boy or you go to a Wayne family home. But I have another I have another Robin. I don't have time for you, I'm afraid. I'll just visit you on the weekends or whatever. Be gone. <laughs> um but yeah, no, that one was just you know kind of solid. Uh so that one got a seven point five. And then of course the backup from Mark Wade and uh Dan Mora for World's Finest has me super excited. I can't wait to just get my hands on that book. It's look gorgeous i think it's just gonna be a great flashback series and i'm hoping it can just be fun just a fun team up between you know batman and superman and and uh doesn't really have to be much more than that so that one got an 8.5 for me uh but on the whole i'd probably give the whole book about an eight um or so i think that's a solid enough score for, for how i was feeling about the whole thing that sounds fair enough all right, well, before we get into the rest of our books, we're going to take a brief commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Next up, we have Action Comics 1039, which Rob is going to summarize for us presently. All right, this issue part four, is it, of the... War World Saga is brought to us by writer Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Ricardo Federici and colors by Lee Loughridge with letters by Dave Sharp and a wonderful cover by Daniel Samper and Alejandro Sanchez. Since Clark is stuck on War World, he's going to do what he does best. He is going to write and report about it. And as he's narrating his time and his opinions on War World, he goes through the history that he knows of. And we see Natasha and Omak fighting very well in the arena. Natasha has earned the respect of a smithy worker and has bargained her way into working there. And using her time there, she fashions a chest plate for Clark to use during battle. As a Philosian captive has told him, he doesn't fight. Uh, he doesn't fight wisely. He fights like he used to when he had superpowers, but obviously he doesn't anymore. 
and after sending a creature that was the last of its kind to its final resting place, Clark decides it's time to start fighting like a Warzoon and asks the Philosian to teach him how. Meanwhile, Midnighter has armed the natives of the planet, and together they make their way to a chamber that holds none other than Apollo alive and well. And as Brandon said when we were doling out the uh, assignments, just fucking uh, awesome. Right. I <laughs> love this one so much. It's so good. My God. It's so good. Honestly, it's, it's beauty cover with equally gorgeous art inside. It's still a fantastic story that feels like it's going to go down as a hit for the ages. It's chapter yeah. four and it hasn't slowed down for a second. It's still going strong. Do you and think yeah, he knows that he's going to have one of those omnibuses that people are going to collect oh, many years from now? I think at this point he, he must. I, yeah, I <laughs> if, if he doesn't, everybody else if does. If he doesn't, I think he he definitely uh, definitely needs to know from the rest of the people who are just loving this book. Um, if you yeah. want to have a laugh, and I, I don't, I don't want to be mean, but if you want to have a laugh, look at the composite score of all the issues that Phil Kennedy Johnson has done of Action Comics so far, which I believe is like you know, not even ten at this point. You know, it's 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 almost been a year, and the scores for that, yeah. literally just like ten issues, are higher than the entirety of Action Comics for like the past two years. So clearly, clearly, this story is just connecting with people. Who was responsible for I writing action I, comics at that I, time? I don't remember. What could have possibly... Who was drawing it? What could have possibly made that book go back? Oh, the last one I remember is Dan yeah. Jurgens. I don't know. After, my, my memory kind of goes fuzzy after Action 1000, and then there was just like this two-year... Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. It's a very it, small issue, Action 1000. Like, they were missing a yeah. story, too. I just, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. This, this is... is how we do it. <laughs> and, uh, and, no, just, just so just so awesome. So awesome. And, and yeah. Epic. epic. The story is epic. This is, this is fucking stories. Superman this meets Gladiator meets Heavy yeah. Metal meets just, yeah. just amazing stuff. Um, and, and, I mean, yeah. Like, it's Road yeah. Warrior in Even, space. I'm just I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. I told you it's like a moment of me trying to find the fucking words of how to describe this book. But um, here, I have a question for you. How do you tell somebody you have a massive collection of heavy metal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you just kind of need to show them and be like, "Yeah, it's here." Want to see? Like steel, iron. (laughs) Well, yeah, but sometimes people who go like, okay, like a massive collection of that, (laughs) (laughs) you kind of get an eyebrow from time to time. Um, But yeah, no, it's just the art from Ricardo Federici. I don't, I don't have any other words for it than it's just fucking awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And there was a lot of dialogue, like, well, heavy narration. And normally that's a sour point for me, but honestly, it, I'm so invested and pulled into this story and the artwork. I didn't even notice it till the second reading. I was completely oblivious. Yeah. That, it's good writing. It tells me it's how not like good it's, it's it. not yeah. in space. Yeah. It's, it's good writing. Even no, it's, it's a lot. Well, really understands Kent's voice. Definitely. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. From for me, all day long, even in my sleep, halfway read. 
nine out of ten. Yeah, no, this one got a nine point five for me. It's just like this story is amazing. Yeah, I, I initially scored a nine point or nine out of ten, but I'm I'm gonna bump it up to a nine point five because I'm going through the issue again. The art's just yeah, freaking it's gorgeous. Just, it's just oh, so great. Technically, like, it's with just it, great. It's awesome. Yeah, even that that last that last page with uh, Apollo. Oh my god! Uh, right. The coloring oh, alone. God. Oh my god. Oh. Every every character, oh, every what, landscape what a team. just looks so gorgeous. Yeah. What yeah. a team they picked for this book. It's like shocking to me because the art, it's it's not like, oh, you know, it went from kind of average art to amazing art. The art we were getting from Daniel Sampier was incredible. It's just you go from incredible yeah. art yep. to incredible art. It's just, it's it's awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah. So good, yeah. Anybody out there, if you if you have not been reading action comics, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> go oh. get it. <laughs> yep. At the yeah, very uh, least, go get the last ten issues. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say at the very <laughs> least, read from from uh, the War World yeah. Saga, the last four issues. But definitely read all of Philip Kennedy Johnson it, stuff because it's it, been if it has Johnson's cool. name on in the it. Future State and and yeah no, and and Superman and the yes, Authority. Yeah, yeah you got to read that because that ties in very all well. the all the issues of Action Comics that have Johnson's name on it. Read those, and then anything that comes after. Yeah, just go back, look, look it up, <laughs> look it up, and listen to our podcast. That would be good too. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so I, I remember. Like and subscribe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the first couple of issues of, of Johnson's action comics, I didn't really enjoy that much. I remember not thinking it was great, but I'm so happy I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's come a long way. I, I, yeah. I liked it, and it's gotten even yeah. better. Yeah. How's that backup looking? Yeah, so. <laughs> Is it worth a damn? I, I completely forgot to write about the backup, so <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be doing this live. <laughs> Not that I haven't enjoyed it, I, um, but we'll we'll get there. So this is Marsh Manhunter, Face in the Crowd, Part 3. This brought to us by writer Sean Aldridge with arts by Adriana Mello. Colors from Hi-Fi and letters from Dave Sharp. Uh, so Marsh and Manhunter, John Jones, has gone to a kind of a diner with his new slash old friend, Zook. Uh, and she's telling him what he knows they're they're swapping stories about batman but he tells her to go home because he's got to go feed his cat and it's apparently a school night and she's like 12 years old uh then we see the the two resident detectives investigating their stuff again and they find a kid that has been pulled into the crime ring that they've been investigating the kid gets taken into a van thinking they're his friends the people in the van the cops try to stop him but fail and john stops the van intervenes saves the kid and then proceeds to interrogate the two gold masked people in the van but instead of actually getting information from them he gets talked to by a psychic voice and that psychic voice knows john and it's none other than another character from his past the vulture and not the vulture from spider-man a different vulture that i've never heard of but (laughs) if you like me Read a lot of wikis. You'll figure it out really quickly. Uh, so there's there's a lot of Martian Manhunter history in this story, which I really appreciate. I do like John Jones. And to show off at least some of his kind of C-list rogues gallery, I think is well worth it. And the art's kind of fun, too. It's a, it's an interesting Martian Manhunter story. I enjoy it. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. 
Oh, that's fair enough, I suppose. No, not fair enough. Oh, that's yeah, that's fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, me, I, I guess I. If if we're gonna have Martian Manhunter stories, can we just have like a Martian Manhunter story instead of just a backup after backup, just bouncing around? going through these different tips of the hat to his past. I mean, ultimately, what the hell's the point of it? You know, I mean, it's cool to see Martian Manhunter in, in a book, but if they're going to bring it back in a book, don't don't get me excited that he's coming back in a book and then just have him traipse through all the shit that we've only seen him do forever ago. The last time we Maybe. had a Martian Manhunter book, it was drawn by Riley Rosmo. Are you saying you want that, though? <laughs> no, that doesn't count. That it doesn't wasn't count. Bad, though. Not only was... <laughs> that was visually oh, assaulted. <laughs> Story-wise, I thought it was like it, it had some cool stuff. Right. As long as you're down with him being the kidney bean manhunter. <laughs> Every single time his face was on the page, it looked like a goddamn green oh kidney God. bean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I could only give the backup there a 6.5. I just, I did not enjoy it. The art is good, but that's Melo and Hi-Fi, man. And, um, I mean, it's just as weird as the first two, just in a different way. The first part I thought was really strange. Why is, I get this feeling like he's interviewing this girl as a potential Robin, but not quite because he has the problem with, I don't know. It's, and I looked up with the wiki too, but the way that it looks is like we're set up with a court of vultures. Like yeah, it looked really, really yeah. weird. It looked like the court of owls with different masks. But um, altogether, I, I think the first one smashes it out of the park. The second one, it. I don't think I trust backups anymore. <laughs> My, um. <laughs> I mean, other than like what JLD, the the Wade Mora backup we just had. I mean, what's another good one that's been out? Well, I guess the Metropolis, um, the Tales, the Tales of Metropolis, the Tales of Metropolis was pretty pretty good. Um, yeah. I liked yeah. the the Clown Hunter one that they had. Surprisingly, Batman that was I was just like really kind of fun, high octane. But that was mostly because of, of Jason Howard's art. Like that was that was just cool, right? Um. But yeah, uh, yeah so, I don't know. Um, altogether, I, altogether, I gave it an eight out of ten because the first part of that issue just pulls it all the way up out of the gutter, man. Oh, it's it's action comics is worth the buy. That is for yes, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The Manhunter backup is you know it's it's solid. Like I didn't dislike it. It's just to go from like War World and this epic drama to I don't know Manhunters like little adventures is i mean it's a little jarring but maybe it would work if i if i cared a little bit more but i think i definitely started to feel a little bit of the same way you did josh rose it's almost like it's kind of fun to see some of the stuff from manhunter's past but sort of asking myself why do i really care like what what about it is is compelling like at least with the tales of metropolis stuff it's like okay
Superman's in It's like drop all these old old shout outs. Yeah, all the highlights. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's it's not like I'm incredibly familiar with Manhunter's villains, you know, gallery or rogues gallery, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of there. So I gave it a seven out of ten. Like it's 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 fine. It's just it exists. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. I, I wish yeah, it could be it a little exists. bit more compelling, and maybe it could be if it was kind of its own thing. I think that's probably why too. Like. It, following this epic story and action is, is always going to be hard, but it's just wasn't doing it entirely for me. So yeah, that one got a seven out of 10, but I'm keeping my, my overall score at a 9.5 just because the main story and action was just amazing that it, I like, I don't even feel that it's fair to, you know, lock points because of the backup. Super awesome. It's just, it's just like the, the I love yeah. the main story so much. I don't even want to do that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, next up we have Robin number 10, also continuing kind of an epic story, but a little bit of a crazy heel turn that last issue. As usual, this is brought to us by writer Joshua Williamson with art from Roger Cruz and inks from Norm Ratmond and colors from Luis Guerrero with letters from Troy Terry. Damian Wayne, who has seemingly been sent back to the past, has an encounter with his grandmother, as well as Rachel Ghoul. His grandmother is a devout follower of the demon, an entity that seemingly has existed for all of time and um, has assisted uh, many others, and in, in including the Al Ghoul family, as she believes. Uh, while Rache, of course, is a man of science and doesn't believe in these superstitions, helping to heal his grandmother, who is sick um, with science rather than you know, superstition and other supernatural nonsense as she calls it but damien in the midst of watching this conversation between mother and son uh sees his grandmother die only to reveal that that has just been a ruse and that in fact damien has not been sent back to the past like we thought but is having a little bit of an acid trip as his grandmother is yeah giving him some crazy vibes as we see uh, <clears throat> on lazarus island as the rest of the fighters are looking at damien as he's just tripping out and going on his crazy little magical mystery tour. But in any case, Damien gets a little bit of a history lesson on the Al Ghul family. Uh, after um, Raish had lost his grandmother and his wife, he becomes obsessed with creating and perfecting the Lazarus Pit until finally he gets the formula and then uses that to resurrect his mother, who after coming back to life is horrified as she has had visions of the demon who not only exists definitively, but in fact lives within the Lazarus pits itself. And the demon it showed her visions of the world that needed to be raised, that it's heading towards chaos, and that the only way to, you know, have it achieve that level of peace is to kill all of humanity, raise the planet, and let it start again. Makes perfect sense. Um, but totally makes perfect of course. sense. Of uh, course, but. As we get further history lessons on the Al Ghul family, we find that the three divisions that existed of the you know, Raish's empire, the League of Assassins, the League of Shadows, and the League of Lazarus, the League of Lazarus had began to disagree with Raish's methods and had actually began to uh, <clears throat> fall in line 
with Rachel's mother. And of course that naturally led to a civil war and the League of Lazarus went their way and the League of Assassins and Shadows went the other way and so on and so on and so on. And basically it just kind of continues with that history lesson until we get to the end where <clears throat> Damien's grandmother reveals that Damien being a child of the demon's head and continuing the bloodline of the demon has his own connection to the demon and uh, possibly sees some visions of the future to come although again whether or not that's legitimate or just his grandmother messing with him we don't entirely know <clears throat> but it's all good because Damien is finally able to wake up from his little acid trip break just in time for uh, last Hail Mary from the rest of the Al Ghul family led by Raish who is there to stop his mother and intervene with the tournament and all that stuff, but just bring an end to the nonsense. Uh, so that was Robin number 10. Um, a solid issue, I thought. Really great art from Roger Cruz and uh, Norm Ratman. But a lot of it was just kind of a history lesson, and it did kind of feel like just a lot of exposition on this is, you know, the demon, and this is their connection to it, and this is the history of the different, you know, factions of racist empire and how they broke up and all this stuff and it's interesting but it just it feels like the story basically just came to a pause because we need to tell you all this backstory and that was just a little bit jarring at times like i would have liked to continue what was going on in the present rather than just like taking this break and getting the history lesson as interesting as it was so that kind of made the the issue lose points for me. So I ended up giving it a, an eight out of ten. It would have scored a little bit higher, but I think just with the just heavy, heavy exposition with all the stuff going on with the Al Ghul family, just made it a little bit harder to get into at some points. And I, I wish we had gotten more, yeah. um, you know, story progression. I think it's cool, but honestly, I. I like that i i really hope that they don't go too far with this i don't want it to turn into everything about old family kind of thing you know um other than that i did enjoy it same as always it looked good i gave it an eight out of ten yeah i'm i'm very happy that it wasn't actually time travel uh is that i was a bit right. out there yeah uh I'm still kind of confused about his grandmother, though, uh, or great grandmother. Sure, she became young in, in the drug kind of dream sequence, but why was she so young in the real world after they got out of the dream sequence? I thought that was a little odd. I, I assume because she kept using well, the pits, maybe, so she just kind of stayed the same age like Raish does. But well, like before, like the whole tournament, she was. Older, older oh, yeah. It's just an art thing. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but it's still cool. I can't wait to see how this ends. I think we're getting close to the end of this arc, and it's it's been quite the arc. It was an 8.75 for me. The art is still fun. The writing is still fun. It's been a book. It's been a great book. Yeah, yeah. So far, I just, yeah. My thing is, I just, I hope we kind of get, like, that satisfying conclusion and, you know, maybe don't have too many yeah. detours into the past, but. All right, are we ready for our next book? I think All right, so. Well, let's get into it. Over. All right, I'm going to try and get through this one quick. 
as a flag. Uh-huh. Written by Jeremy Adams, art from the team of Fernando Parcer and Matt Ryan, Brent Peoples, Jeremy Cox, Peter Pentazis, and Matt Herms. Jeez. There's a lot of creatives took my breath away. <laughs> anyway, two stories are happening here, and the book goes back and forth between both of them. The Flash is the only thing and one in Gem World not under the sway of Eclipso, and nobody knows why. Desperate, he takes help from the ev- evil sorcerer of Gem World. I forget what exact land he's from, but uh, he gets screwed over as he hands over the thing that held Eclipso. He's captured by his team and Amethyst leading the way, leading them right to the actual Eclipso, who happens to be trying to tear apart the center of Gemworld to unleash the magic within and get his revenge, pointing out that he really needs to let go of grudges. The second part is the Flash Kids. Irie is, ta- is talked into sneaking out by her friend Maxine, and Jay watches the whole thing and watches them get kidnapped. Even though he's got no powers, he hops onto the van and catches a ride to rescue them. Irie shares a gap of the sp- uh, zap of the speed force with Jay, and he unleashes an ass whooping like you would not believe on their kidnappers. Shimmer, the calculator, and whatever the hell that big dude's name is. I can't oh, remember. Mammoth, anymore. I think his name is. Yeah, Mammoth, yeah, Titans. that's right. Yeah, Jay crumbles to the floor from the pain it causes him to have when he when he when he when him and his sister share the same speed force energy. And that's when he sees this vision of their dad in trouble. And he hollers out to his sister and tells her, and that wraps up that one. I think this was really good. I had a hell of a time with it. I kind of like the twins getting their own little adventure. It would be neat to see them doing more things as they're getting older. We've seen them popping up in more books and stuff, so I'm hoping we're going to see something happening. More with the Flash twins, um, bringing them, you know, like with the rest of the little sidekicks, they're getting younger. The older sidekicks are now the heroes, and ah, it's an exciting time. In any case, art is amazing, as always. The story's really good now. I'm digging the Flash. Highly recommend it. 779 gets an 8.5 out of me. The the art is solid. It's really good. But honestly, right now, I'm more interested in Jay and Irie's story than I am Wally's. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, 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 there was this big, big mystery surrounding this glaive, and then it's here, and it's like, okay, it's, it's a Clipso, and then he runs away. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting enough, but I just really want to see what's going on with Jay and Irie and the calculator. I, honestly, I turned that page and I saw a guy wearing glasses sitting in front of a computer. I was like, oh shit, that's yep. the calculator, isn't that? And yeah, it was the calculator. Cause that, you you recognize him that's, right that's away. Just, that's just, just guy in glasses in the yeah, computer. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Automatically. Yeah. But this, uh, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, just because I'm not really feeling the Eclipso story right now. I like the, the, the stories we had before this were more fun, and I felt more right up Wally's uh, alley. And this one, just a little dark, 
I know the dress is like dark as well, but it's a little dark for Wally, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure he'll find his lighthearted ass way out of there. Yeah. And yeah. Well, Wally's got to be pretty untouchable for the foreseeable. Oh yeah. No, I think they're. Yeah, I think they're better. making sure of that. That's why he's not on the yeah. Justice League team that's about to die. Um, <laughs> they made that very clear. Like, no, we're not putting Flash on this yeah. team. We already know people are gonna get mad. Um, but like you would not yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this one got a, a seven point seven five out of ten for me. Really strong art all around. Um, but I'm definitely where you guys are. I'm more interested in the Die and IRA story than I am at least in the Eclipso story. At least for this issue. Um, it was really just kind of Wally just running away and then making his way to the, um, you know, castle or whatever, and then you know finding out that Eclipso is actually working with Opal and like all that stuff. And it's just like, okay, just I don't know. It felt a little empty this time, whereas I was really getting interested in the kid's story and just felt a lot more interesting and compelling this time around. So hopefully that changes with the next issue. Hopefully it's just presented in a more interesting way, but this one's just, it felt a little flat for me, at least the Wally stuff. Um, whereas, you know, everything that, that uh, Jai and Ira and Maxine are doing was just a lot more interesting. So. I'm still hoping for a Buddy Baker appearance, but we'll see. So. Oh man, it's just like not around anymore. It just like vanished. We need a new Animal Man book. Yeah, we need the Flash family yeah. done right. We, we we need a new Animal Man book. Can we get a new Animal Man book? Who wants to write Animal Man? Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, Rob yeah. It's like, yeah, Ron V, do you want to write Animal Man? Yeah. Like, please. Yeah, Some, right? Someone, anyone <laughs> at this point. Um, well, maybe not anyone. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can we get Ron V back and have him do Swamp Thing and Animal Man at the same great. time? Oh, great. Please. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Swamp Thing, Animal Man, and Poison yeah. Ivy. Just do all the all the mystical supernatural books. That would be nice. Yeah. Matter of fact, That'd just pull cool. them all into one and just call it yeah. the Parliaments. Oh, I'd love to see a book on oh, man, all the different parties. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I would too, dude. I'd buy yeah. the shit out of that for a yeah. few years if yeah. it was good. Uh, well, dare to dream. Anyway, get on to our next book. Teen Titans Academy number eleven, a uh, big penultimate issue of our big twelve issue story. So, uh, Bob, you want to yeah. catch us up on that one? All right. Is it only going to twelve? I thought it was going beyond that. I thought they were doing like a second. I think, well, yeah, I think just like the the first like year story arc, whatever. Yeah. Okay, like the first big arc, yeah. Yeah, so this is from writer Tim Sheridan with art by Rafa Sandoval and Jordi Tarragona on the front half of the book and with Brent Peoples doing the back half of the book with colors by Alex Sinclair, Jeremiah Skipper, and Matt Herms throughout the pages and letters from Rob Lee. So the Titans have Red X and Nevermore pinned down in a corner. Wally, Wallace, and Alinta race in to take him down, but Red X shows off his own power set and makes an electromagnetic force field that not even Wally can phase through. And if that's not enough of a hint, if you've been paying attention to the character so far, you now know who Red X is. Red X steps out, and the Titans try to talk him down, but it doesn't work. He's too far in. And in a flashback, we see his mentor reminding him of the mission he is on and what he needs to do. 
no attachment to the other students or the faculty, just get Nevermore to the point he needs to be at to bring about what needs to happen. Now back in the present, Roy is evacuating the students from the building as Red X makes a massive lightning bolt strike the tower. The tower begins to collapse, but some of the students are doing what they can to hold it together, and just as they are about to lose their grip on it, the Rock of Eternity rises out of the water, taking half the tower down with it, but when the lightning bolt hit, that caused a grounding rod for the rock to hone in on. And at this point, the events are different from Raven's visions of Doomsday. So theoretically, they have changed the future, but there's more to handle first. The young Black Adam takes on Red X as Billy walks into the bubble and talks to Nevermore. The plan is to take Dane into the Rock of Eternity with them, and the trio will watch over the four riders of the apocalypse forevermore. Dane agrees by calling out Billy's hero name, just not the one he's allowed to use. The rock disappears, but the tower now finishes collapsing, and the rest of the students are either running out or Raven helps teleport them out. And the question is, what the hell do they do now? And honestly, a bit of a mess. And I'm not talking about the tower. <laughs> <laughs> the story was hard to follow at some points. I'm still kind of confused about what uh, the Shazam family was doing. Uh, why were they there? Did they get the power? They kind of just disappeared. Uh, it was uh, a little confusing throughout. Like, why was there a lightning bolt? So much, so many questions about just the the path so it was many on. Questions, but so beyond answers. all that, it's just like yeah, kind of hard. But still, honestly, weirdly enough, for me, might be one of the strongest issues of the run so far just in terms of story and character interaction. It was really nice to see things finally come together, but there's still yeah. lots more to uncover, at least with the Red X story. But it's safe think, to say that the future yeah, cool. state future is most likely not going to happen anymore. But beyond all that, I gave this a 6.5 just because it was a bit messy. Hopefully yeah. next issue will help figure all things out and be able to yeah, hopefully yeah, it's, yeah. I, 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 oh no go I, ahead i was just gonna say i like the way it wrapped up uh yeah with it not ending in the end of everything but still with the destruction of titan's tower yeah um i can't help but wonder where it's gonna go next i expected with a title like red x revealed though we'd literally see him taking his mask <laughs> off show his face on panel but yeah. i should have known better oh. though no, they're they're going to drag that out for people who don't pick up the yeah. details. Yeah, uh, It looks great. The story's there, man. Even though the series has floundered a little bit in the past, it's doing really well now by number 11. 8.25 out of 10. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Rafa Sandoval is really great. Um... <laughs> He's taking a yeah. out of my book. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't game. know. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to sound redundant, but like I really only had one word in my notes, and it's kind of the same thing that Rob said. It's just sloppy. It just it just felt like kind of all over the place, and I it was just yeah somewhat yeah it was just like what yeah. what's happening? That. Um, and it, yeah, it just it felt very yeah. sloppy, and and it was just like I think when I got to the point where the Rock of Eternity was rising out of the ocean to crush Titan's tower. I was like, oh my God. Um, so it, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a mess. And I, 
I hope that the next I'm going to try and like reread it and maybe make more sense of it if I missed something, but just the first remake was just it was kind of kind of a mess and kind of sloppy and just I just was confused and just felt like a really weird place to be if this is kind of like your your penultimate issue right before you wrap up the big you know red x mystery i assume um uh, yeah fingers, fingers crossed. crossed um yeah. so yeah fingers crossed. this one got a, a seven for me it was originally a six but i, I gave it a seven because i really did like um the sound of balls art um but it just it was just kind of a mess whatever all right next up we have task force z i almost said z. the bad word and i had to stop myself because every time i'm about to say it i just hear rob's voice in my head and it like psychs me out um <laughs> you know i'm just like psychically uh, sending it to you from across the border Um, (laughs) he's pulling a simon i thought we were done with tta i know well yeah anyway this is task force z issue four uh written of course by matthew rosenberg with art from eddie bear eddie barrows and kieran mccown with inks from aber ferreira and dexter vines colors from adriana lucas and letters from rob lee bob lee after the reveal that the mysterious crispin was none other than two-face uh jason immediately lashes out and wants to know just why the hell two-face is organizing a suicide squad of corpses and what the hell his motivations are back at the chop shop we get a little bit of the uh establishment with um oh my god i forgot his name for a second could have written this down um and bat and um mr bloom um who mr bloom is trying to convince man bat to work with him and using some of the Lazarus resin to get him back into a place where he can understand what's going on so that he'll be more willing to work with Mr. Bloom and just kind of setting up a, a, a dynamic that's probably going to pay off later. But really, we're, we're focusing on Jason and Two-Face and their exchange as to why exactly Two-Face is even working with a team like this, what he's hoping to gain out of it. And according to Two-Face, he is operating under the sanction of the Task Force Act, which Sounds like the biggest load of bullshit I ever heard, but apparently it means something to him. (laughs) Uh, He hands Jason some papers to prove his legitimacy operating Task Force Z. Jason immediately runs off before almost getting his head taken off by all the security after Jason had tried to beat the shit out of Two-Face. But naturally, and this one I kind of saw coming, as Jason leaves, he immediately is uh, scheduling his little uh, reunion with Batman to catch him up on everything that's going on with task force C revealing that Jason had basically been an undercover agent to get information on task force C kind of suspected that, but I wasn't sure if he was working with Batman or not. Um, so it was cool to see that confirmation. Uh, but we actually see a little bit of an interesting twist here in that Jason who, you know, had been sent in by Batman is what's that? Oh, oh none. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jason, who had sent, been sent in by Batman, um, starts to kind of have uh, doubts about their mission and, you know, feels like there's a little bit more to this than just shutting everything down. Batman's trying to pull him out and Jason is like, oh, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want to do. And clearly <laughs> you don't understand this mission and all that angsty stuff that you would expect from Red Hood. Even though I thought they made their peace in Urban Legends, but I guess that angst just never dies. Um, 
But after that, we get our next mission for Task Force C, which is uncovering some more Lazarus resin, or specifically locating maybe a source of where this Lazarus resin has been coming from. <coughs> Excuse me. So Task Force. Oh, no. Shit. I'm sorry. I guess I won't cough <laughs> anymore. Um, but yeah, Task Force Z storms the lab only to reveal that uh, this has been uh, sanctioned by the government and uh, they have a little bit of back and forth as uh, they're saying, no, we're sanctioned by the government. No, we're sanctioned. You're not operating legally. No, you're not operating legally. All that kind of stuff before uh, getting our big dramatic reveal that uh, given that <clears throat> uh, Two Faces, you know, little task force operation been violating some of the stuff that uh, Amanda Waller had asked them to stop doing earlier in the issue. She, I guess, had sent in yet another task force uh, team led by, looks like KG Beast or something, to take down this version of the task force and have a big old task force showdown. Um, so yeah, this, this issue is, uh, it's a lot. Um, and it worked, I think, in some ways, but kind of felt a little crazy in other ways. Like, I, 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 well, I think the whole book in itself is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I just, I think, um, yeah. for me, I could, I could start to feel the weight of a lot of these plot threads that I was like, okay, maybe let's just try and focus on one instead of piling more stuff on because they're obviously bringing in the Amanda Waller stuff and how we know who's running the show and Jason obviously isn't really going to be working directly for Batman anymore. Right? I get that impression that he's not. So it just, it feels like a lot. And obviously there's all this stuff going on with the team and and now Mr. Bloom and Man Bat. So it's just, it's, it's a lot and I, I could start to feel the weight of it. So even though I ended up scoring this issue at an eight out of 10, I'm just kind of concerned that it's, going to get a little bit too caught up in some of the plot threads moving forward. I hope it just kind of stabilizes before it starts to get convoluted. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't yeah, have not, not making any. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. No, no, other than that, I didn't really have any problems. And I thought the art from uh, Barrows and, and McCallum was, was pretty solid all around and, and, uh, and does a great job. Really great cover, too. See, I'm not making a straight up comparison between the two. But when I first started reading Rom V stuff, I had that same worry. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of heavy thread that needs to get tied together mm -hmm. here. You know, and and that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with the dude is he's really good at tying them all up. So I'm not going to take that away from it. I am apprehensive a bit about the task force versus task force thing because i mean we've got task force z and it feels like they might be task force y <laughs> like literally there's a million task other force questions why is a million why other... are you in this book <laughs> hey, can i get a room shot exactly. please uh, <laughs> i wish i had my soundboard hooked up damn it um, <laughs> um but i just i i i think that it could still go good places i just i i also am willing to admit that this could go bad real quick uh so far though i gave it an eight out of ten i do have one question though part of part of dialogue in there from two-face does this mean that he's over his coin bit 
Maybe. Did you guys catch yeah. that? Yeah. He said he's like, I'm not a. Like he's put away the whole two faced yeah, persona. He says like he's not a gambler and he's not really, you know, doing the whole chance thing anymore. So maybe I don't know. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. No reason to keep up that coin thing. That that's what made him such an unusable character. Uh, I don't know. The, end, the coin could be kind of the coin could be kind of I mean? iconic. I think I don't know. I mean. It can be iconic. It definitely is iconic. It just it really limits him. Yeah, I think stories, I think the only time know? I ever found Two Face really menacing was not even a comic, just Arkham City, where it's like, oh wow, he's actually like, yeah, um, as opposed to just kind of like Tommy Lee Jones great. wasn't menacing for you. His voice was menacing, <laughs> um, but that's just Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> the, the, the makeup yeah, the was, pretty, was menacing. pretty menacing. I don't know. I was more scared by. Uh, Old Jim Carrey running around like he's on uh, <laughs> those massive thrusts that he kept doing. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was a little much. Uh, um, all right, guys. Well, oh, but, wait, Rob still needs. Yeah, to just but before I start, I just want to say, "Angst Never Dies" is my Rage Against the Machine <laughs> cover band. <Yes. laughs> <laughs> Jason Todd is on base, <laughs> and and honestly, can can I just like, I don't know what it was. I don't remember why I thought it, but just this version of Two Face, I could see Crispin Glover playing him in a movie. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Crispin yeah. Glover can pull yeah. off anybody creepy. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Just oh yeah, because of the uh... name Crispin. That's why I was thinking it. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of works though. I just, yeah, yeah that I thought works. that was perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I get what you guys are saying with all the it's all over the place. For me, it, it just got more interesting because I think oh. the whole idea of of just a zombie team running missions was getting a little mm-hmm. dull, and throwing this wrench in the works, I think, brings it up to speed with the rest of the universe and and cements it into mysterious territory. Because where did where does it go from here? And yeah, there's a lot of loose threads, but I'm I'm down for it. Just how many other task forces are there? Like, like you said, there's Task Force Y. It could be Task Force A. It could be Task Force No. Not another one. Uh, but yeah, I'm down for it. Still, we'll see where it goes. I, I gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, that that that's what what I'm saying is like this could be, this could still be really good. I enjoyed this. Yeah, thing. no, same here. Just say yeah. But it could go. Yeah, I'm Bad. just I'm hoping it doesn't oh, get yeah. overloaded and it's like what the fuck is going on. Right. Yeah. Cuz I can't keep track of it. When you have to refer to to articles um written by Nathan on the <laughs> internet to figure out what the hell's going on <laughs> in the comic book, that's 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 too yeah. much that's going on. Even though on we do appreciate when they know. they uh put out the articles that kind of help us keep track of it. Love you Nathan. <laughs> oh hell yeah. Yeah. Thanks Definitely. Nathan. Thanks, yeah. Comic Herald. Yeah. But, um, all right, that's it. What did you give it, Rob? I'm sorry, I missed that. Uh, eight out of ten for me. Eight out of ten. There's been a lot yeah. of eights tonight. Yeah. Right, well, keeping with our kind of right. uh, well, got... clandestine theme or whatever, the yeah. And, uh, and uh, closing out for the night, we're going to look at Deathstroke Incorporated, number five, pretty pivotal issue, I'd say. Gosh, I'm gonna let you wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. 
Well, then let's go into our top three books for this week and the standout. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Rob's going to do oh, it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to adjust the script. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, 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 we'll just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this uh, incorporated book is from writer Joshua Williamson with art by Paolo Pantalena with colors by Hi-Fi. Letter from Steve Wands and a cover from Howard Porter and Hi-Fi. So Dinah wakes Slate up, and the two head towards the House of Mystery? Question mark. I think it's the yeah, House of Mystery. Like that's what it seems like. Yeah. And they step inside. Yeah, that's the only other thing I could think of that's also referred to as the yeah. Crooked House. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, they're very really meek about it. Also, there's no way Slade was dead. <laughs> of course, he's alive. Anyway, so this is a house that Slade and Prometheus would hide in after a job, but it wasn't a place Slade enjoyed. It was definitely something more up Prometheus's alley, and what Slade thinks is the reason Prometheus is so insane. That's about right. So as they enter, they find two doors. Each one has each of their symbols on them, and they split up into their respective doors and find themselves in an alternate world where Slade was a good man and the head of the Justice League with his children. But Dinah, however, was the queen of villainy with Green Arrow and his family. Eventually, they both figure out that these are illusions, and they fight their way out, ending up back at Trust headquarters, but in a lower level than they were at before. Libra finds them and brings them to a chamber that houses the Trust Council. Slade is tired of all the theatrics and breaks a shadowy projector that to, reveals that the Trust Council is actually the secret society of supervillains which oddly includes Hiro Nakamura, but he's in it for the money and the toys. This society is led by the Calculator and Deadline, who explained that the Trust organization was created to prevent acts like the ones the Legion of Doom caused. So they found a balance between good and evil by hiring Deathstroke and Black Canary to prevent villains from going too far again. Deathstroke thinks they're in way over their heads, and then shoots Calculator in the head and Libra in the chest as he decides that if they're looking to do this, they need a strong leader. And if there's going to be a king of the supervillains, it's going to be him. So we finally get to see where this incorporated yeah. thing comes into play. That's a really interesting book. I don't know, this this one, like you said, is a very pivotal yeah, was... issue where it's been fun so far, but it's just... I had to be honest, now. I was... Is this a limited uh, run? don't know. I hope not, but... Um, so, what was the question? If it's a limited run, I was wondering. I know it's not six, but I was wondering if it was like yeah. shut off at twelve or if it's ongoing. Uh, not that I, I haven't seen anything about a limited run. Oh yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, take it yeah. away, Destro. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I definitely was like actually kind of, kind of genuinely surprised to see Destro kind of pull that you know kind of last minute. I'm the I'm the captain now. Uh, moment at the end. Where he's just yeah. like, literally just like, ah, no, fuck you, calculator. <laughs> Done. Like, yeah, um, it's like yeah. genuinely a, a decent surprise. And I'm, I'm like really interested to see how that plays out. Um, mm-hmm. And if you were ever curious, this, this issue must take place after the flash. 779. Obviously. At the very least. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, considering all the big heroes are out of town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I'm definitely interested in kind of the idea of this version of the society of trying to find that balance between heroes and villains. Um, 
but yeah, whether or not I'll rub yeah. our hands together going, yeah, I don't know. I, I had to be honest, like, because Slade even says, like, ah, oh, this isn't the first society I've been on. Yeah, he was on the society during Infinite Crisis and everything or that era. But I had to be honest, like, this is like the lamest society I've ever seen. Like, the, the villains that they chose are just like, are you serious? It's like, it's it's Doctor Destiny. Well, yeah, but Tattooed of- Man, Monocle, Count Vertigo. You couldn't punch a little bit higher than that. Hey, hey, Seriously, say what you so will about lame. Tattooed Man. He was pivotal to Final Crisis. So, uh, yeah, I guess so. It was like these guys are so lame. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Destiny's literally just like Skeletor. Who's a book about them? Who's gonna take them seriously? Yeah. I mean, I mean when, it makes when more he... sense than Lex Luthor, Joker, and Sinestro. <laughs> yeah, but at least I can kind of understand, like, ah, uh, big villains trying to make their big time. Like, it's kind of weird, but I can understand it. But these are like the lamest supervillains. So maybe, maybe they're just like, no, it's our time to shine. Doctor Destiny has been in the background for too long. I need my moment in the light where I can be on one of these secret councils. <laughs> We're about yeah. to be pip perfect yeah. bitches. Yeah. Like when Slade first said society, I thought, is the Injustice Society? Like the counter to the Justice Society. And then I looked at the villain names like, okay, it's not the Injustice Society. This is worse. What is this? <laughs> uh, it's yeah. all the same. Yeah. Well, what what is this? Now it's Deathstroke game. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And knowing Deathstroke, it's not going to be a secret. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. All right. Well, I guess that killed it. Yeah. Or no, I didn't say shit. Yeah. I I think the book took a hell of a twist, but it's a twist I'm into and it keeps me curious, dude. Mm -hmm. Eight out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. The, the art's good. The story's good. I don't know what there's not to like. 8.75. This one got an eight out of 10 for me. Art was a little bit of an adjustment, just kind of like a very different style from Howard Porter. Um, and, yeah, was I wasn't totally in love with all of it. Pantalena's anatomy is just a little off sometimes, but I think it I think it worked better here than it did in Red Hood. So I'm hoping that if he's going to be the main artist in the book, that'll stay consistent for the most part. Even though there are some panels that you're just kind of like, "Ooh, that really how you're going to draw? Yeah, really how you're going to draw face? Yeah. Okay. Anyway." Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. Other than that, I'm uh, I'm excited to see where it goes next. Me too. All right. Well, with that out of the way, now we can get into our top three books of the week uh, and our favorite moments. So I'm going to let Josh kick it off for us. What were your top three books, and what was your standout moment? Number three comes in with DC versus vampires. This is I, I'll say it again. It's a fun book and um i can't i can't recommend it enough it's it's awesome number two i'm gonna give to the flash i enjoyed the hell out of that number one walking away with that is gonna be the robin superman special i am more than well aware that it's probably just there because i'm being a fanboy about it but honestly i don't care sometimes super sons that my favorite moment, honestly, was that last page, that last splash of Destro sitting on that throne. It just stuck out to me, and I'm like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I just I love the I love uh, the next see, I... title too. Just Slade Wilson, king of the supervillains. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who's going to yeah. take an issue oh, with that. Well, I, I saw. I don't know where it was. Yeah. I think it was like a Reddit thread or something. But someone was like, "Well, if Slade Wilson is king of the supervillains, he might need a queen." He has been working with Black Canary a lot. And Slade does have a goatee. Yeah. So, you know. So, you <laughs> oh, know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, God, no. I, I, hope, I hope not. not. <laughs> but I was just like, eh. No. No. <laughs> oh, Dinah well, has her own For the sake of money, yeah, sacrifice exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Right. Uh, so my number three. Three, I had Deathstroke Inc. It's, it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see where it goes. Number two, I had DC versus Vampires. Like we've been saying before, it's just a fun book. It's it's worth a read. And number one, I had Action Comics. Holy shit. All I can say about that. It's just fantastic. And my favorite moments, uh, despite it being my lowest scoring book, is <laughs> Dane yelling out Captain Marvel, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, not that name. No, nope, not, not that name. Yeah. Um, Captain. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my top three are, are pretty much the same as yours, Rob. I at number three, I had Deathstroke Inc. Number five, number two, I had a two-way tie. Yes, I'm bringing it back uh, between Task Force Z number four Ooh. and DC versus Vampires. Both just really solid. Um, but at number one, I had to give it to Action Comics. The series is just amazing, and this issue is is mm-hmm. building on that. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, but I think my favorite moment is actually in Flash, and it's just the shot of Flash running from all the Eclipso-possessed uh, heroes on the JLD. It's just really, really cool, um, that scene of just him like, oh, whoa, I just got to get the hell out of here while they're all trying to hunt him uh, Yeah, it's yeah, drawn really well, too. It. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we have to take a little field trip into the sewer because it's time for something that smells pretty bad, looks pretty bad, and it's all around just pretty bad. It's time for our the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. It's not yep, terrible. you know it. You Love it, hopefully. Um, so, gentlemen, which title made your stink list this week? Should I? Okay, do we do just full issues, or are we shitting out shitting on? I mean, if you're really that passionate about it, why not? <laughs> I had one pick for each. Um, the backup in action comics sucked. I didn't like that. That'd be my biggest stinker if we go by backups. And then if we have to pick a whole issue that would have to go to human target, even though I did enjoy it, it was the lowest scoring one this week. But um, uh, also, I think I just completely forgot about action comics by the time I got to ranking mine. So uh, going backwards, it's going to be action comics, Robin, Superman, The Flash. Just Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, biggest sinker for me, I think, is TTA. It's just too messy to flush down this time. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. My biggest sinker this week was also TTA. This 
kind of a big sloppy mess, which is exactly the kind of thing you should flush down the toilet. Um, so yeah, just just a little all over the place, and I just really wasn't feeling that one. Ugh, all right. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, before we close out for the night, are there any books that we wanted to nominate for the dump list uh, this week? None that we're currently covering. No, there's uh-huh. some that are on there that probably should stay on there mm-hmm. for the time being. Um, I'm hoping eventually one day we'll get a new artist on Harley <laughs> Quinn. Or maybe one day you will just you just oh, learn right. to love it. You just learn to love it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like learning to love hugging cactuses. Hey, lots of people are into weird stuff. You never know. It can happen. You could yeah. learn to love a, a love hugging a cactus and you could learn to love Riley Rosmo. You could you could look back in five years and be like, man, I can't believe I hated him that much. I love him now. I have yeah. his art on my wall. I mean not that far, but <laughs> Yeah, that's um, you know, nope, not happening. And the art on the wall, yes. Marshman Hunter. That's art on the wall, <laughs> Legion Four Thousand. Just like <laughs> that's horrible. Right next to Robin King. All right. <laughs> now that I've got stuff made for nightmares tonight. <laughs> Thank you guys yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I, don't uh, I don't have any nominations for the dump list this week, or at least none that we haven't already talked about. I know we ended up moving Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target, which is out this week to the dump list. Um, because even though I'm in my weirdo corner enjoying the story, it is kind of crazy. So we're 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 not gonna be covering that one anymore, but it is out there if you want to pick it up. So um Man, yeah. there. Well, I guess that wraps yep, that's it up. That's it. That is yeah. it for our show tonight. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be here talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notatrobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. And remember, we are at buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts if you want to support us. But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot.